Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And how has your week been? It's been good. It's getting hot again. Uh, Yesterday, I spent the majority of my day cleaning. My weekends are usually Mm. me trying to knock things off my to-do list. So yesterday, one of the things on my to-do list was to wash my truck, which I did, and then it rained. So (laughs) I I don't understand why people wash their vehicles. It, It honestly seems pointless to me, but I just felt like it had been probably two years, so I should do it. But isn't it like over time, the mud will cause erosion and stuff prematurely and all that jazz? Well, that's what they say. But yeah, I mean, who cares? I bring it into the shop and it the whole roof goes to crap. So what's what's the point? of? You just have really bad luck. What's the point of cleaning it? I don't think I've mentioned anything of this on the podcast. I think I've mentioned these things on the stream. But so if anybody's wondering what I'm referring to regarding the roof of my truck, I have a Toyota Tacoma, an 09 Toyota Tacoma. I I absolutely love my truck. But um, when I went in to get an alignment one day at the at the um, dealership, which I absolutely avoid, I avoid the dealership at all costs if if possible. But I had just gotten a lift kit with new tires, so I needed to get the alignment. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know when it was going to be. It could have been a whole weekend of driving on new tires with you know, things out of whack. So everything was closed. So I said, the only option I have was the dealership. So I go to the dealership to get the alignment. I pull in and while I'm doing their, you know, BS about this and that, and oh, we should sell you on whatever junk they're trying to sell me on. um, The, the, salesperson mentioned that you know you're you have one year or one month left on the 10 year window um of the 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 frame recall toyota had this this infamous frame rusting issue on tacomas so mm-hmm. to honor the warranty they 10 years from the day you bought it you could get it replaced if a test found that it was failing and okay. so while i was there i had one month left i mean I, it looked fine to me but i was like well, okay sure t- of course test it so yeah. they did and it came back that the frame failed so i got a i had to get the whole frame redone which is wonderful cuz now it's basically you know, they 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 strip the truck apart to replace the frame. That's the backbone of the truck. So you have to take everything off to put this back in and then put everything back together. So they pain. did that, <laughs> which is is cool. I mean, it took a month. I had a red sole and stuff like that that they supplied. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal. It just wasn't my truck. But, it, it you know, it was, it's cool. It doesn't cost me anything. And, of course, I want you to do that. But while it was sitting there, and this is just purely speculation, but while it was sitting there, I believe they had the cab off the truck sitting somewhere in the in the dealership. And from the looks of it, somebody had used it as a like a tabletop, a bench top to work on. Um, the only reason I noticed this is when I was unloading my motorcycle at the dealership to get that worked on, I was up higher. You know, so I could see down on the roof of my pickup, and I noticed this sort of blemish, this spot. It almost looked like a rust spot, about the size of a soccer ball, and then smaller ones around it. And I, what the heck is that? And it was very rough and corroded. And then on top of that, it had these like, like these cross hatches. I mean, anybody that went to art school knows what a cutting mat looks like, and it has like these cross hatches all across mm-hmm. it. if you do any sort of crafts or any sort of cutting anything like that you've seen these straight edges you know like a sheetrock knife or an exacto blade yeah. and it had a bunch of those all over the roof like somebody was cutting on it and then there was this big corroded rust 
ish spot where the paint was completely kind of wearing away. And the only thing I can think of is they had the cab off, they were using it. Maybe they had cardboard down or had a, had a mat of some kind down. Maybe they were using some sort of uh, tool cleaner or parts cleaner or something, WD-4, I don't know, anything. And it corroded, it soaked through whatever they had on the roof to protect it. And it probably soaked through. They didn't realize it. And it sat on the paint for X amount of time and started to break it away. And then while they were cutting, they may not have realized they were cutting through this protective mat that they put down, if they even used one. And it put all these crosshatch marks all over my truck roof. So now I've got this giant blemish on the roof that's rusting through all over um, that needs to be repaired. I did get a quote. It's $1,500, but I will not pay $1,500 to do that. If anything, I'll sand it myself and paint it myself um, for much less. But just one more thing. So then on top of that, as I mentioned, I brought the bike to the mechanic. The motorcycle was getting its 500-mile maintenance done. Not a problem there. They did a bunch of stuff. Great. I put it back on the trailer. I brought it home. And in my excitement to ride the thing. I was in such a rush that typically when you when you strap down a motorcycle, you have one strap on one side of the fork, one strap on the other, and then a strap in the back that holds the tire, the rear tire. Um, in addition to those straps, I did put an additional strap that went all the way across from one side of the trailer to the other behind the forks. And that was more of just a reassurance that if one of those straps gave way, then I could pull over quick enough before the bike you know, toppled over or anything like mm-hmm. that. And the only reason I was doing that was because where I was strapping it on the trailer kind of had a, not a rough edge, but had a, a sharper edge. And I was concerned it was going to cut through, um, for the two hour drive. So I just wanted some sort of backup plan. Yeah. When I got home, I went to pop off the one strap that went all the way across the forks, uh, And then I would have gone to the other side and popped the other one because then it would have leaned onto the, it would have tilted onto the the stand. But because I was so excited and I wasn't really thinking straight, I popped off both sides on that one side and the bike just instantly started going the other way. And while, even though I caught it um, and held the strap, I mean, it's, it's 500 pounds. It was going one way or the other. I just slowed it down and it went slowly down, down, down and, and it hit on its, uh, on the tank, on the worst freaking spot it could have possibly hit. It hit on the gas tank on the side of the trailer. Mm. And um, so now it has a little birthmark. It has a little uh, a little hickey, if you will, on the, on the character. tank. Character. Let, let's call it that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's character on my brand new motorcycle. Yeah. Um, but it's about a two inch by one inch oval. There's a slight dent and some scuff scratches there. Luckily, I have a friend that does body work on motorcycles. So when she gets back in town from her vacation, she's going to take a look at it and hopefully be able to pop out the dent and everything. I don't think it will be a difficult. There's not a crease. There's not like a sharp edge to the dent. It's just sort of almost like it got pushed in because like I said, it was a gradual fall. I was able to slow it down enough that it didn't really hit with a lot of impact, but it was enough to, it was all all the weight of the bike on one Mm -hmm. pinpoint. So it did push in the tank a little bit. So fingers crossed that, uh. It can be fixed and it'll be brought back to new. And and mm. because I do know the tank will most likely have to be completely repainted. If nothing else, maybe I can pick out a cool custom color and be and it could have it redone. If I have to pay to have it yeah. tank painted, maybe I'll maybe pick well out a custom customize yeah, it, make it Maybe I'll own. pick yeah. out something really cool and do it myself and, and have it really stand out. Yeah. 
I mean, you see so many cool gas tank designs and stuff and bikes. Yeah. So <laughs> now you can see why washing a truck seems pointless to me since I can take care of it. And when I bring it somewhere to have it repaired, uh, it gets destroyed anyway. Also, too, when the dealership took your truck, I remember you saying afterwards the way they put things back together was kind of messed up, too. Oh, like yeah. They They're... did a really bad job. I, I watched a video of somebody doing this. I mean, I guess we're getting way into the weeds. I don't know if anybody cares about any of this stuff. But um, yeah, I did watch a video of somebody repairing a Toyota dealership, repairing the frame. And it was a, a time lapse video. And it's literally one person that takes everything apart, puts the new frame in, puts everything back together. It's a month long project for this person or however long it takes them. But yes, when I when I got back the truck and I started looking at things, I noticed there were a lot of um, places. I'm hoping not mechanical issues, but there was a lot of like the cosmetic stuff. You know, the little plastic panels here, things and that there. attached properly and yeah, pins they missing. they did yeah. not put them. They broke uh, like a lot of the plastic clips that hold mm -hmm. the plastic, you know, body like under the the wheel well, like the plastic that's inside the wheel well. Things like that were not back properly that I know were correct. There was a seam that goes, it's like this plastic thing that goes by your uh, windshield wipers and that, and that has a rubber gasket that leans up against the windshield. That's all like tucked under. So it's, they put it in, but they weren't really paying attention to their job and they kind of just like jammed it in there. So part of the plastic seal was under the windshield that you had to like, now I had to go and pop that out. A lot of stuff that, you know, take, take your time and and do your job well otherwise just don't do it do it right yeah that's the most frustrating thing is when people don't do things correctly it's like it's not that hard to just do it right the first time people yeah yeah Ugh, but so i know you have some news coming up for the next few weeks yes, before we I do. get into nintendo news yeah so i am going on uh vacation for a couple weeks actually it feels more like a few weeks um, if like you can even call it three that. weeks, uh, it's two and a half weeks and then I'm going to be teaching. So it, yeah. it kind of turns into longer than be, I'm going to be away for longer than uh, I would have liked. But uh, yeah, so needless to say, I'm going to be missing two weeks of the podcast when I'm going on vacation. <laughs> if you can even call it vacation because I still have to work. It's it's kind of a bummer like situation, but it is what it is. And yeah. um, luckily, we do have somebody that will be on the podcast covering for me. Mm -hmm. um, Becca, who came on and talked about Pokemon Snap a few weeks back, she is going to be joining Michael um, for the next two episodes. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, that'll yeah. be cool. It'd be nice to have uh, her filling in. Of course, you yeah. will be missed, but we'll make do. We'll do our best. And uh, yeah, it is a bit of a work vacation. I feel like it's going to go by so fast with how busy it's going to be between work and all. The oh, my gosh. My family is just it's going to be activity after activity with these people. <laughs> You're going to be wishing it was short. I know. Time yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be like, is it over yet? No, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to see my family. A few of them I haven't seen for a very long time. So, and nice. it's not like I do trips like this very often. It's very no. rare. So it'll be good. I'm looking hopefully, forward to it. hopefully the work is not too much and you can, you can, uh, enjoy yourself. I'm sure yeah. either way you'll enjoy yourself. Yeah, it'll it'll be nice. And I'm going to I did we did get a code for that one game Papa's Quiz. So I did uh install that and I plan on playing it with some family members. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited oh. to hear that because that did look yeah. fun and especially look good for uh, you know, a group. Yeah, I think it'll be good. 
Mm-hmm. But that's it for all of our personal news. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into some of the Nintendo stuff now, the more yes. fun news anyway. So yeah. I get, well, maybe not the first story. The first story is that... The first couple stories, maybe. <laughs> maybe unsurprisingly, the Nintendo report that came out is showing that the Switch sales are starting to slump in contrast to last year, which I guess is not... That should not it's be a be surprise. Expected, yeah, it should, yeah, Last year was a, you know was crazy. We knew that their numbers were just skyrocketing because everybody was locked indoors and it was a console you could actually get. So I don't think this should be a surprise to anybody, but they did report that the Switch console sales have fallen 22% in the first quarter. Uh, It does seem they're thinking maybe it's showing that the demand for the system is fading since it's in its fifth year on the market. And investors are starting to watch for signals that the pandemic sales slash boom that happened is over, that it ran its course, which I think is that makes sense. It, it, mm-hmm. it probably did. It was it was, you know, it was a one year thing. Um, so some of the sales numbers we have, the net sales are three hundred and twenty two point six billion yen, which is about 2.94 billion US dollars, which is down 9.9% on last year. The operating profit is 119.7 billion yen, uh, approximately 1.09 billion in US, which is down 17% from last year. And then the net profit is 92 billion yen, which is $846 million, which is down 12% from the previous year. So they are making, I mean, the net profit is almost a billion dollars. So it's not as if they're hurting, but it's down. It's just like we said. Yeah. Because of this news, though, uh, a report came out that Nintendo's stock price fall has fallen 8.8% on Friday, which was the biggest drop the company has experienced since February 2019. This is all coming from Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's I, I think the stock market, I mean, we've talked about the stock market. You take that with a grain of salt because it fluctuates. They're it's so natural. <laughs> yeah, they're so fickle. Yeah. I mean, you have any kind of news and the things going up and down and all over the place. It seems like stockholders and shareholders are just so timid and like scared of everything that Paranoid. You know, this this is obvious. This these numbers are not gonna compare to what it did last year. Um yeah. but I do think maybe people are you know, we know that uh, the new OLED will be coming out this year. I do think people are going to buy that, whether it's worth the, you know, upgrade or not. People are going to buy it, but I also think Nintendo should see this and think: yes, people are wanting something more than just a nicer screen on their Switch. I do seriously think that Nintendo needs to put some thought and effort in in giving the base. The majority, I would almost say, the Switch Pro that they've been wanting. Uh, yeah. It's time. We need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying you need to separate the market and say only these games can work on this Pro. Though I'm not against that, but I know a lot of people will be up in arms over that. Um, but I do think there should be something with better processor, more RAM, so that it just runs games better. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody's hope too, along with that, is that that uh, Steam Deck, the the Valve Steam Deck kind of that competition kind of shows Nintendo, you know, you do actually have to put more effort into this. <laughs> yeah. And I think but it'll we'll show that happens. there's a demand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that is going to do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite that news, switches are still selling and it is now the seventh biggest games console of all time. It now stands at 89.4 million units shipped 
And this means that it has passed the PS3 and Xbox 360. This also puts it on track to outsell the Nintendo Wii, which is currently at 101.63 million units. So we're getting close. Mm. Um, Nintendo does expect to sell 20.5 million more consoles in the current financial year, which ends in March 2022, um, probably because of the OLED. They think a lot of people are going to pick that up. Um, And if that happens, that's definitely going to beat out the Wii. So that's pretty exciting, despite the grim (laughs) decrease in sales. But it's it's pretty amazing that it's sold so well. I think that's exciting. I mean, <clears throat> knowing there's that many Switch out there, it's still uh, it's still something where developers will want to be on the platform. It's like developing for anything Definitely. that has just mass market appeal. You want to be yeah. on it because there's so many people that own them. Why wouldn't you? But again, if we got a pro that could handle more, you would probably see even more support because then games can be on it i'm excited yeah. <laughs> when when becca comes on i know she's been playing um what is it outer worlds uh yes, yes outer worlds been. outer wilds mm-hmm. isn't out yet i always confuse the two outer yeah. worlds and i'm excited to get her opinion on because i know she said that it's it's got issues but i want to i know she's still playing it so i want to see what her thoughts are yeah. and that would be a perfect example of like a game that probably would have handled a better hardware front for a switch pro yeah so. Yeah, we've had I've had a couple conversations with her about it, and it's interesting because it seems like the issues that she has with Outer Worlds is similar to the issues I have with Skyrim. So it's like a good RPG, but um, there's like weird things. So she'll she'll talk about it when she comes on. But yeah, um, I yeah. think it'll be a good conversation for people to to hear. Uh, so speaking of games on the Switch, this one is still kind of crazy, and I. I I don't understand how it's doing so well, but people are loving and still buying Mario Kart for the Switch. It's beating out newer games that have come out still. Seven years in, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which originally came out on the Wii U in 2014, is the second highest selling game of Nintendo's last quarter. It has sold 37 million copies total. This beats all the other new releases they had new pokemon snap mario golf super rush metopia all of them in general have beaten out animal crossing new horizons which also had an amazing launch yeah (laughs) you know but that fell off hard because there hasn't really been any support so i think if nintendo had supported that game you would have seen that really still up there but as people started kind of finding out yeah once you kind of get kk slider it's not a whole lot left to the game. It's all up to you at that point. The game mm-hmm. kind of ends. I mean, it rolls credits. So it's like, yeah, this is it. You did whatever we have to offer. So now it's on you to just kind of make your own fun, which is fine. But I think universally, everybody wants more from that game at this point. But regardless of that fact, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just doing so, so well. It's it's crazy that it's beaten out, you know, some of the newer stuff. It's 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 a juggernaut. It does not stop. I don't think there's been one week where it hasn't been in the top 10. Yeah, I mean, it's Best always sellers. there. It's, it's always, always there. there, which is crazy to think that in, in Minecraft as well, which is I, crazy. I think it's... I think the appeal is that because it is such a um it's a universal game like anybody can f- play it and it's Anybody fun. can play it. It is yeah. fun, but it's also one of the best party games, one of the, you know, you have Smash, but that's something where you're not going to get like an older family member or like no. a little kid to get in there and have a ton of fun with you playing mm-hmm. Smash. Where Mario my, Kart My mom, my mom has played Mario Kart with us and enjoyed it. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. She Everybody does not play, play any it. video games. Yeah, it's for anyone. So mm-hmm. 
that helps. So, <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's its power. And mm -hmm. because of that, I mean, you know, everybody wants Mario Kart Nine, but I don't understand why they would hey, waste the time. Like, I mean, why? <laughs> you got to stop buying eight if you want nine because <laughs> Nintendo has literally no reason to put the money and resources into nine when this one's selling. It would be nice if they put a little support into this one, though. It hasn't gotten any updates in forever, and it's only gotten sort of integrations with whatever gimmick Nintendo comes out with, like uh, Labo or whatever you know thing they're making yeah. of the of the month. That's when it'll get a new update and sort of integration, but no real we haven't got new courses or anything like that in a in a while and i would like to yeah. see that or even new cosmetic things would be cool yeah. it would be really neat if you bought like for example skyward sword and then you get a cool new like the game sees oh you have this game that means you unlock this cosmetic thing for your go-kart that would be yeah. cool Anything. I mean, just yeah. give us some sort. I know they did a little bit with Breath of the Wild. You could get certain things here and there, but mm -hmm. um, I think new courses, new new you know riders, things like that that you can unlock and work towards would be even better. Because Mar I I have Mario Kart Eight Deluxe and it is fun, but you get everything at the start of the game. There's nothing really to work towards. It Not necessarily. I mean, there's no, the you metal unlock, and you unlock things like cosmetic things as you go, like new wheels, new parachute yeah, I things, guess all that little stuff. Things like that, but it's, yeah. it would be nice if they had a little more like unlocking full on characters would be cool. Yeah, characters or, or, and courses or having you know. like DLC characters where it would be cool if we got a bunch of Animal Crossing New Horizons characters or something or yeah. animals. That would be fun. So the next little bit of news that we have is actually it's a link that you sent me, Michael. It was a pretty cool story. Uh, I kind of knew a little bit. I knew the gist of the Metroid story, but I didn't know the exact details of how everything connected in between all the games. Mm -hmm. And on Metroid.Nintendo.com, they have been releasing these reports. And in report volume number four, they kind of looked back at the last 35 years of the game's history. And they talk about how the different stories connect along with little nuggets of information like developer notes, alternate endings, and just really cool, good to know facts. Um, so if anybody just wants a refresher before Metroid Dread comes out, I definitely recommend reading that because at first I saw it, I was like, oh, it's so much reading. But I actually, I'm happy I read it because it was actually really interesting. So definitely recommend checking that out. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It was yeah. nice to kind of, there's some of those games that I've not played. So it was really interesting to kind of read through it and just mm -hmm. see, you know, some of the photos and some of the dev notes and things like that. I thought it was, it was, it was neat, but I yeah. would, I would still prefer if Nintendo came out with a bundle that I could just play these games, but I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen or they're going to do something weird yeah. and come out with it at the same time Dread comes out and be like, oh, and if you want the bundle, you know, whereas people really would have just rather had it now had, yeah. give, give us yeah. a way to play these games and be ready before dread before comes out. get yeah dread comes out i mean there's a huge i see it all the time people posting that they're trying to play these so that they can be ready for dread and um because that's it that's like that's the story of the metroid you know the metroid the the actual thing the thing that is a metroid uh that's the story this is the finish Metroid 5 is the, the end, end of, of that it. story mm -hmm. arc. So people want to, you know, they want to be up to date. They want to know what's going on because who knows where it goes from here. Yeah. And I actually, I I didn't really care too much about Samus. I thought, you know, she was a really cool character. But then in one of the games, I guess, she kills off all the Metroids. And then 
there's one that hatches right in front of her imprints on her and she's like oh you're so cute i can't kill you mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she takes it with her and i'm like i love that because <laughs> yeah. that's something i would do but she's like this crazy awesome like ba yeah, bounty hunter. bounty hunter but can't kill this cute little metroid thing i'm like yeah i relate to that <laughs> yeah i like that I, there's a lot of people that haven't played these. I mean, this this has I been haven't. going for yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people that haven't played these. That you have access to a couple of them on you know the Switch Online, but not all of them. And and I think it would be nice if people had access to all of them. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know. Maybe they'll <laughs> maybe they'll do it. I who knows with the Nintendo I doubt sometimes. It. Let's let's see if they actually release Bayonetta first. And yeah, yeah, true. yeah. <laughs> now we knew that uh, Niantic came out with some quality of life benefits during the pandemic for Pokemon Go. Well, it seems like they have decided they have made the announcement that they're now removing those quality of life benefits um, since I guess things have been opening up and this has not been well received by the community and Pokemon Go influencers. They're pushing back saying that the pandemic is not over and it's still causing chaos worldwide. So they want those benefits back so that people can continue playing it, enjoying it without risk of going outside and being exposed, which makes total sense. But Niantic released a statement explaining why they made these decisions. And they said that they've removed those features and added an exploration bonus in the U.S. and New Zealand, where it has been labeled as safe to be outdoors. This is encouraging players to explore and exercise. Uh, One big change that Niantic made was interaction distance for Pokestops and gyms. In the U.S. and New Zealand, the pandemic distance was 80 meters, but it has now been put back to 40 meters. Because, quote, we want people to connect to real places in the real world and to visit places that are worth exploring. So all of that is fine and good. And I understand where they're coming from. And 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 I do know that, you know, even during the pandemic, being outdoors and away was sort of like the only thing you could do. So I get that they're trying to promote people to get back outside. Um, but it is still a real problem all across the world, whether, mm-hmm. you know, I know New Zealand is like, z- like zero cases, at least the last I saw. But um, we you know. aren't. If, we if are, anybody yeah. is wondering, we definitely yeah, are not. U.S. <laughs> is having some like it's getting bad Florida again. is having, you know, almost back to when it did last year. So, I yeah. mean, there's certain hotspots in the country that are very, very uh, it, the Delta variant is is spreading very fast. Yeah. And uh, so maybe the, these people have a point. I mean, I don't I don't even know the last time I turned Pokemon Go on. So I, I don't know how big this community is still apparently it's still very active which is surprising people all the time yeah i mean that's crazy to i I mean i'm never around a like like you live in a spot where there's a ton of pokestops and a lot like that's what that was a hub people loved going there because Mm -hmm. there was so much to do where i am pokemon go destination it really is it really (laughs) is um so yeah i guess people are still out doing their thing but uh, I don't know. I guess the community has a point here. You know, this makes a lot of sense. It's just not maybe the time to do it. Maybe there's other things. I don't know if this I don't know if these exploration bonus breaks the game, though, necessarily. Like if you could still do the pandemic stuff, but, you know, you live where we are, where the numbers aren't really crazy. And I I would feel confident enough to go walking around and, and doing this. Maybe there's an added bonus to that. I still think maybe they could 
keep the pandemic distant at 80 meters and things like that. But yeah. you could add an extra level on top of it where if you are living in a location that's safe, then you maybe you can do that. But I don't know. It seems like there's some sort of compromise where they could have worked out something instead of just saying, you know what, all the all those quality of life things are back to normal now. We're 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 back and running here, which but I don't think it's like, there yet. No, why are why are they rushing it? It's not that like people are still playing the game. I don't understand I think why they're if like, anything, more people everything. probably like, are playing the game. Yeah, exactly. And it and I will say, at least in my neighborhood and from a lot of places where I've seen her pokey like pokey stops and gyms are, you can just sit in your car and still go to them. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. So I think leaving it at 80 meters, people are still getting out of their homes and still going places, but they're not going to walk there. They're still going to stay in their cars. So it's just it just seems very silly. And it seems like there must be something behind the scenes that's driving this to happen so soon. It's it's not we're not ready yet. Why? Yeah. Yeah. And that being said, people who are playing Pokemon Go, please be smart and prioritize your health before going out and trying to go to these Pokestops and gyms. If you don't feel like it's good, then don't do it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, true. So that gets us to uh, the next story, which is Mario Golf Super Rush, the free update that came out. Uh, there's a couple things that the game is getting, which is pretty exciting. I know you're probably pretty excited for them, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing is an additional play- playable character, which is Toadette. Um, she has pink pigtails and matching golf clubs. She has a high swing control, which allows her shots to be more accurate. She also has this thing called a super pickaxe stinger. So it adds a little more power to a shot, which allows it to tear through the course and will blast away other balls in its path. And also Toadette's turnip toss dash, which you can quickly run past your opponents while throwing turnips all over the place. Um, so I guess that's fun. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, you know, I'll throw around some turnips. Why not? Um, there is going to be a new course, which is New Donk City, which if anybody has played Super Mario Odyssey, it's basically the city from that turned into an 18-hole course, which I think is pretty cool. It's full, full of big, tall buildings and very excited citizens of the city. So I think that based on what you've said, Michael, it seems like that's going to be a really different course compared to all the other courses you've played so far yeah this this one sounds like i I think a couple weeks ago i had mentioned that some of the character didn't really feel like it was in this yet you know Mm -hmm. it kind of um i'm on i haven't unlocked all the courses but i think i'm able to unlock four of them now five of them uh and there's there were six total so Mm -hmm. now i guess seven um but yeah they all of them have felt very much like a uh, a golf course with Standard. maybe a, like one or two little Mario world sort of things thrown in. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see like that's maybe this is going to start getting into more playful craziness. And like I said, I haven't unlocked everything, so I could be I could be completely wrong. Maybe one or two of them are end up being, you know, like I'm playing in the Mushroom Kingdom, which is, I guess, what I kind of want. I want to see as if. You know, we already know that there's, you know, the castle. I want to be like I'm at a golf course that's outside the castle. I would like to see the castle in the distance. I want to see, you know, I want to see the Mushroom Kingdom. I want to feel like I'm playing there. And uh, it just hasn't felt like that yet. Well, I mean, what do you think about this this new course, though? I think that's what I mean. I think that's moving into the right direction. I think that's starting to feel like at least while it's not the Mushroom Kingdom and it's, you know, almost New New York City. But um, I do think it's starting to bring in some of that craziness in the character that you would expect in a Mario game. 
Exactly. And it made me think, what if they actually brought in like an area from Breath of the Wild and turned that into yeah, a course? I think that, that would, would be, be awesome. so cool. Yeah, bringing in things from other Nintendo games would be super I, cool. I think this, sh- I think Mario Golf should be probably, I mean, all of these types of games, like um, we just talked about um, Mario Kart, it could, could be the mm-hmm. same way. I think all of yeah. these games should be sort of a celebration, a Smash Brothers type celebration of Nintendo games. And you should be building courses around other Connect Nintendo them. IPs and, and sort of having it all. I know it's Mario Golf, but why can't it be a celebration of the Nintendo world and Mario mm-hmm. and all of that? And you could have, you know, there's there's a, there in Mario Odyssey, you play on the on the moon. What if there was a moon course and you're like, you hit the Ooh. ball and it just goes flying like crazy. <laughs> so you have to do half power and you're like or jumping like- and bounding across it. I mean, where's the crazy creativity that you want and expect from Nintendo? I want to see more. I could have got Tiger Woods golf or something like that. If I wanted just a straight up golf game, I want the fun and the character of Mario. That's the reason for getting the game. And I feel like this is more of a straight up golf game compared to what I'm expecting it to be. Well, it sounds like with this DLC, it it is moving in the right direction. So that's good. It kind of, yeah, makes you feel a little bit better about the future of it. Um, And then the last thing that they're adding is ranked matches and rewards for August. So there's a newly added ranked match in online competitive mode. You choose your controls and character and then select standard golf, speed golf, or speed golf to be automatically matched up with other players. You can earn and collect monthly match points to increase your rank. And each month you can get character outfits and colors by, you know, getting to certain ranks. If you reach a rank or higher in the month of August, you can earn a red Yoshi, blue Yoshi, or yellow Yoshi and use them in battles right away. So that seems fun. Yeah, I was excited when I saw this. I mean, in general, this is a very exciting update because while we knew updates were coming, we really didn't hear much about this one and it just sort of dropped and now we got new character, a new course and a new match, which I already have started playing the ranked matches. I think it's really cool and I'll get into that once we get to that segment. But uh, I I like this. I think that if they can continue doing this, new new characters, new courses, maybe other fun little things and rewards and stuff like that. I'm going to be all for it. I think we should have more rewards. I think you should be able to customize your players and all of that kind of stuff. I think this would be really, really, um, this could potentially be really, really good down the road because I think a lot of people felt like Mario Golf was lacking. You know, you only started with six courses. It kind of was just sort of, it felt like, like I said, a lot of the character and stuff like that was missing. So over time, maybe this could be built out to be the Mario Golf game that a lot of people are really hoping it can be. Yeah. And this kind of made me think it's like, oh, okay, they're kind of doing the Fortnite sort of setup and incorporating it into Mario Golf, which I think people will probably resonate with a lot more. And I mean, it gives anytime- you something to go back to. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Anytime you get these yeah. ranked matches, it, it gives you something to go back to. It gives you something to pick up the game for. Uh, yeah. I like competing in this way just because whether it's leaderboards or whatever it is, it's just fun to have 
something to work towards. I like having things to unlock. I like having, you know, leaderboards that I'm trying to get to the top of. I like unlocking courses and stuff. It just gives you a reason to play it. It's the whole reason I'm playing Pokemon Unite. It's the whole reason I play, you know, Fortnite. You're, You're working towards something every time you play the game. And I think a Mario Golf game could definitely benefit from something like that. And who doesn't want a red, blue, or yellow Yoshi? I mean, personally, Yoshi's the coolest character in the Mario universe. So yeah, Yoshi is pretty it's good, cool. It's a good reward. <laughs> it would, it would. I hope they keep coming out with different rewards. You know, yeah. maybe variations of the costumes and stuff. I think all of that is a, is very smart, and I would like to see that still happen. Yeah, and I hope that they get the same level of attention as uh, Super Smash Brothers has gotten. Yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah. be nice. I don't think it will, but that would be nice if we got stuff like that. I, mean, I think just, this is a good start. A it's good already start. got more support than Animal Crossing, it seems like. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's definitely a good start. That's true. <laughs> uh, so we mentioned, I think a while back, that Nintendo had started with Hanafuda cards, and they re-released. They, they did have these uh, about a year ago. They came out with Super Mario Hanafuda cards, and they are now back in the European My Nintendo Store. So if you missed out on them the first time you do have a chance to get them again i will say though that these are not cheap they're 22 pounds which is about 31 dollars in us and they do add shipping on top of that so that's a lot of money um i would not be buying this i think it would be a really cool collector's item i don't i tried to click on the link and go to the european store and even see it but of course it didn't work for me but uh yeah, what a bummer. I mean, I think that this would have been really cool if it were sort of a five, ten dollar thing, or maybe they made it available with your, you know, my Nintendo points or something like that. This would have been awesome. But I did look, you can buy them on Amazon. It seems like people maybe originally bought these or maybe the first time they were around and they are a, they're cheaper on Amazon if you buy them. So hmm. I think if you look, you will definitely still be able to get access to these somewhere if you are a collector. They did not, unfortunately, come out with the Zelda and the Splatoon cards. It's only the Mario set that's available again, um, which Zelda ones would have been really cool, I think. Yeah. But either way. Those, those would be a little more worth the $31, in my opinion. But <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, if I were to yeah. buy any of them, it would have been Zelda. Been those. Yeah, yeah. But. I mean, 31 bucks plus shipping. I mean, who knows if if you're shipping these, I don't know where, where they'd be got maybe out of Japan. I don't know where they're shipping them from, but that could be expensive. It's I mean, gotta I'm, be their European. That's what office, I'm thinking. It's I mean, only available in Europe, which is stupid. Yeah. For but... us, it had to go overseas, which potentially could be who knows how much. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at this could be a $40, $50 purchase, maybe so even really more. Committed I really collector. <laughs> yeah. You really got to want these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you are super interested, I'm sure you can look on eBay or Amazon and maybe even get them for cheaper in the States. Yeah, uh, maybe. So yeah, very cool. So that does it for our news this week. That brings us to our top 10 bestsellers. In first place, we have Among Us, surprisingly. Uh, in second place, we have Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. In third place, we have Minecraft. Fourth, Stardew Valley. Fifth, the Amnesia Collection. Weird. Mm. <laughs> Which... I like scary games, but I think I've watched too many other people play Amnesia for it to actually have a good effect on me. So I won't be playing that one. Just putting mm. that out there. Um, sixth is The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Seventh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. No surprise there. Eighth, Mario Golf Super Rush. Ninth, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And tenth, Super Mario Party. 
And then for other new games that made it into the top 30, in 12th place, we have Neo, The World Ends With You, which is a Square Enix game. Now, that gets us to new releases we're into this week. We got quite a few checks. I will have you kick it off and read some of yours, and then I'll jump in and read some of mine. Okay. On August 10th, we both have a game checked called The Black Book. Not The Black Book. It's just Black Book. Sorry. (laughs) But it's on sale for $21.24. It is a fusion card-based RPG adventure game. Uh, It's a tale of a young sorceress who gave her life to serve the dark forces and you can dive into the world of Slavic folk tales and uncover the secrets that hide in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm no surprise you put a check on this considering it's a card game, but mm-hmm. I thought it looked really interesting. The art style is very cool. Uh, it seems kind of mysterious. The actual functionality, though, I wasn't clear on. Yeah. Because in the ad, they don't really show that too much, but for like a $20 game, it seems pretty decent. I definitely gave this a check because I thought the... The animation style was really interesting and the shots Mm -hmm. seemed very cinematic the way they were filmed and just very fluid. It was almost like it was motion captured, but then sort of had this cell shading effect done to it. It was very fluid. It looked really super interesting. Mysterious. I was obviously (laughs) hooked when I heard card-based RPG. That also sounds very good to me. But yes, they didn't really show what was going on. And and that made me a little nervous. Towards yeah. the very end, you got to start seeing some of the UI and seeing like, oh, okay, here's the It is the an cards. actual card game. <laughs> yeah, there's cards <laughs> yeah. actually on the screen. But in the, in the first three, you know, three quarters of the trailer, you don't see anything other than the cinematics kind of happening. And it was very, I, I was so confused as to how this actually plays out. So I'm just hoping it was maybe a weird trailer and that there's actually more to it than what we saw. But Based on the animation style and then what we hear in the descriptions, I had to give it a check because it does sound like something I would really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, The next game just I have checked on August 12th, Doctor Who the Lonely Assassins for $13. Um, If anybody is familiar with Doctor Who, this game is based on the Weeping Angels story. Um, There was an episode called Blink. I'm not super into Doctor Who. It's just I remember this episode because the Weeping Angels is a really cool concept. So whenever you would blink, the angel would get closer and closer to you to kill you. Um, Very creepy, very cool. But this game is basically a thrilling found phone mystery game. And the story picks up right where the episode left off. And it's also created by the developers of Sarah is Missing, which was another kind of similar style game. But uh, I didn't play it, but I was interested in it when I heard about it. But yeah, just kind of a mystery, sort of scary, dark kind of thing. But I thought it looked pretty interesting. Yeah. Nice. The next one we both checked, August 12th. Uh, It's normally going to be $20, but it's on sale right now for $16. It's called Foreclosed. It's a narrative-driven action-adventure interactive graphic novel which is a mouthful, and it's set in a cyberpunk world filled with action, suspense, and experimental augmentations. You're going to follow the story of Evan and his his identity recently foreclosed, stripped of his job, his brain implants, and his access to the city blockchain. He must now escape before his identity and implants are auctioned off. So it's Kind of crazy. It sounds like it could be potentially very, very interesting. I did like the look of this game quite a bit. I thought it was very colorful, very um, 
sort of almost uh, not not in looks, but Mirror's Edge. I got a Mirror's Edge vibe when I was watching him yeah. kind of walk across some of the rooftops and stuff. It does have sort of that graphic novel, you know, screen within a screen sort of showing different perspectives. It is it looks beautiful. So this one definitely had to give it a check. I'm interested to see it. It even has the um, the the UI and the sort of the way you play it is you're looking kind of like it, uh, it made me think of um, Dead Space, where you're looking at the player's back and that's where sort of your life bar and your interaction is. It's sort of on your back, and so that's how you can see what's going on with your character. All of that stuff. I think this looks wonderful. I had to give it a check at least. There is one thing I noticed, and I wonder if you picked up on it. I'm sure you did. Was in the shooting in the, in the like video that they showed mm-hmm. the shooting. Whenever you'd shoot an enemy, it's the same exact sound every time. The bad guy goes, "Ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh." <laughs> yeah, it makes me a little worried with stuff like that because it, you know that could get not only could it get super repetitive, but it's it means how much how much how much attention yeah Yeah. and it sounded exactly like when you would shoot a guy in one of the like golden eye or something like they took that exact sound and just use it over and over and over again for bad guy shot play this sound yeah Yeah. (laughs) which is kind of like quality wise i'm a little unsure but other than that it looked pretty cool yeah gave it a check and we'll see we'll see what happens with that but Mm -hmm. looks wise looks it looks really well done from what i could tell anyway now, the next one I have checked it is also coming out on August 12th. It's $8. I thought it looked kind of interesting. It's Fatagon Tales of the Creeping Madness. At least I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Fatagon. I almost put a check on this one, but I didn't because I put so many checks on other things. <laughs> Being described as a board game-esque text-based adventure game where choices matter. You play as one of four cultists intent on destroying the world by summoning an ancient horror. The game basically in a nutshell is you play as one of up you can play as one with up to three friends in couch co-op. You have six rounds to build up the required stats needed to use the ritual items, but you will need to figure out which stats those are before you can actually use it. So there's a bit of trial and error in there. You can visit one location per round and attempt the Lovecraftian stories at that location to improve your stats. And finally, you um, put those stats to the test as you try to summon the Ancient One. From what I saw of the trailer, it does seem like you get some crazy fun choices to make and (laughs) i I figured why not check this and see what happens with it uh i did look on steam it does have great reviews on steam and a lot of people are saying it's it's a diamond in the rough love i'm not a big lovecraftian uh story fan i see a lot of these come out and i'm always kind of a pass on them it's just not they don't do a lot for me but even still this looks like it's removed enough from that and it's kind of dealing with horror elements but in a more comedic lighthearted way so that it definitely that's, it's definitely funny yeah yeah so that's kind of yeah. what interested me yeah and i think one of the things one of the choices was you're with a group of of people trying to go through this dungeon or something you have to fart do you try to hold it in or let it out the choice the guy like chose to let it out and was like oh good you're able to cover it up by dropping something like (laughs) that's the kind of like level of humor like middle school humor it just kind of seems very lighthearted. yeah um which is funny for such a dark looking game yeah exactly it's like it's 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 definitely uh seems interesting yeah uh, the next game that we both checked is called The Plane Effect for $15, also coming out on August 12th. 
Um, this is a time-bending adventure game. Uh, similar to a lot of games I usually check, it seems very atmospheric and kind of slow-moving, a puzzle game situation. But the story is, it's your final day at the office. It's time to clock out and return home to your family. But you are now being loomed over by a cosmic anomaly with an oppressive otherworldly force. <laughs> so you have to navigate through an elaborately designed dystopian society and solve unusual puzzles to keep moving through each area to get home to your family. Uh, players also have the option to figure out puzzles step by step with no hints. Or you can activate a little guidance through this thing called assisted mode. But if you do that, something bad will follow you. So it's kind of like you get there's a consequence to asking for assistance hmm. uh, with some of the puzzles. But graphically, I thought it looked really cool, really interesting. Yeah, um, kind of has that flat vector sort of look to it with some texture. Um, I always tend to like games that are graphically like that. So mm -hmm. uh, and the story just seems really kind of different and interesting. Yeah, they gave it a check. Uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of good games this week, I thought. So Same there's another week. what five or six new ones. Yeah, we had about yeah. five or six last week as well. So that's good. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out now. Yeah, developers, you can chill out a little bit. Like, yeah, you don't, right. I, I need time to play all these things. So many games. Yeah, and here I am just playing Skyrim right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show, What You Playing. And uh, I guess we already had a tease of what you've been playing. Yeah, just Skyrim. Between the, the dog and cat and us getting uh, all used to each other, it's been hard to focus on anything besides them and work. So uh, I've been able to pick up Skyrim maybe once or twice this nice. week and um, just play a little bit. That sounds good. I've been playing. I did pick up Mario Golf and and started that again because of the new update that came out. I played some of the the ranked matches, which I thought was kind of fun. At first, you you kind of go through just like any other match, and you select, you know, how do I want to play it? Motion controls or button mm -hmm. controls, and do I want a speed run or a regular score run? Blah blah blah. And then everybody plays. You, you can do it in turns, but it seems like everybody plays at the same time, which confused me at first because I thought it was a speed run. So I was trying to hurry up. And then I realized just everybody's mm -hmm. everybody's just hitting at the same, same time, which I think is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. But in general, I'm enjoying it. And uh, I also have nice. been playing some more Subnautica Below Zero. I finally finished that on the stream last week. And uh, that was good. I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed that one a lot more than the first one, I think. Uh, the story definitely leaves off in a in a way that wants that leaves you wanting more i will say i don't want to spoil anything but it definitely was uh a surprise that it ended when it did i kind of was expecting a little bit more to happen <laughs> and it just kind of was like well there you are so overall i really really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the the exploration in this game and sort of the discovery of this game more than the first i thought the story was definitely much more fleshed out than in the first one and i'm hoping mm -hmm. that we can get another one at some point i i know that we saw something from the developers that said that they do plan on working in this world more but it may be a little while based on where the story left off i'd say take all the time you need to make the next story like where you're picking off of make sure it's good yeah <laughs> like make sure you take your time and yeah i cuz i don't want it to rush and and oh, just where they left it off, I'm so excited. Yeah, definitely. They um, yeah, they they have said that they're working on another a different IP right now. So I'm curious to see mm -hmm. what they come up with for that. And uh, I'm definitely ready for some more Subnautica 
And then the last I've been playing is Pokemon Unite. I try to jump on that every day because you get sort of perks and uh, you can check off uh, objectives and things like that if you can log in every single day. So I've been playing that quite a bit, really enjoying it still. Uh, I just think it's 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 a really good MOBA, especially if you're not somebody that plays a lot of MOBAs. I think it's just a fun IP. They did a really good job making it entertaining. I do think I'm probably sort of at my limit for, I may be able to get a little bit further, but I feel like I'm sort of at my limit for what I can do in the ranked matches without having a team because you get in there and there's just a lot of people that just don't know what they're doing. And, you know, they're just running around and kind of, I don't know. They're just not playing well. So you can only go so far. Same as before. You can only go so far. And I jump in and do it because why not? But I can't seem to get past the the level I'm at because the rest of the team is just not. You know, if if Zapdos pops up, run to Zapdos. You need to go to Zapdos and nobody does. So it's just kind of like, all right, well, this other team is going to dunk 500 points on us now because you're not going for the the main thing i mean it literally can make or break a match if you go to you could do great the whole game and then if you just pass on zapdos they could really get some points on you and beat you um but there's little things like that that are a bummer but i do a lot of the quick matches a lot of standard matches and i'm still doing the ranked matches just for practice and for fun and trying to learn the different pokemon and um trying to unlock pokemon and stuff like that but overall really enjoying all of it i'm excited because i think i'm about to finally start fire emblem three houses which i've never played any fire emblem games um but i I wanted to mix it up i wanted to play something different in the meantime off off stream i'm gonna get back into witcher and finally finish that i've been kind of hesitant to finish it but i'm i'll finish it up before and it's time yeah i'll finish it up and and (laughs) be done with it and then you can borrow it and play it Yes. But uh and then I can lose my life to that the way I've lost my life to Skyrim. I, I can I only want to play Skyrim right now. That's like the only thing that when I grab my switch, I'm like, ah, oh, none of this other stuff really sounds good. I'll play this. <laughs> That's a wrap for this week's episode. If you would like to write us, you can feel free. You can head over to NintendoDispatch.com. Hit that contact button. If you want to watch us, please do. Head over to Twitch. Go twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. If you want to chat with us, you can follow us on Twitter and at Dispatch Podcast. We also have a Discord where you can jump in. The info for that's on our website. And like every other week, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch. Dispatch.